Happy July 1st, my friends. I'm so excited to announce that we will be devoting this entire month to a topic that many of you have requested more guidance on, and that is parenting teenagers. From cell phones to drama with friends, we will be talking about it all, and I hope the variety of teen topics will be a huge help to you, whether you're in the trenches of parenting teens now or you will be in a few years. And that is all of us, my friends. I'm also thrilled to announce that this month of episodes is brought to you by one of my all-time favorite companies, Stitch Fix. I only partner with companies that I actually use and love, and Stitch Fix is at the very top of my list of dream sponsors because, you guys, I am obsessed with them. (laughs) I have always hated to shop, and now that I live in a tiny town in Idaho where the closest mall or Target is 100 miles away, it's even harder for me to find clothes. Well, Stitch Fix has solved that for me. This is a subscription service where you go online and fill out a style profile detailing your taste in clothes, your sizing, even the price range that you're comfortable paying for clothes. And then a personal stylist curates a box of five items just for you and ships it directly to your home. You try on all of the pieces in the box and you keep what you love and send back what you don't. One of my favorite things is that they include a prepaid, pre-addressed return envelope, so it is literally zero hassle to mail back what you don't want to keep. It's a dream. I have given my stylist a lot of really detailed feedback on what I like and don't like, and it's gotten to the point where every single month now, she pretty much nails my taste and my sizing. It's not an exaggeration to say that three-fourths of my wardrobe, maybe more, is now from Stitch Fix. I truly believe that Stitch Fix is a perfect styling solution for busy moms, and I'm so thrilled that they're offering $25 off your first box if you use a special link for 3 and 30 listeners. To get that link and see some examples of my Stitch Fix clothes, go to 3in30podcast.com forward slash Stitch Fix. That's 3in30podcast.com forward slash S-T-I-T-C-H-F-I-X for $25 off your first order. And now on to the show. This is episode 88, The Unexpected Loneliness of Parenting Teens. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. I'm here today with two of my motherhood mentors, Allison Reynolds and Tiffany Sobey, who I met about seven years ago when I started working with the organization Power of Moms. I was a brand new mom, kind of trying to find my way, and I was truly so blessed to come into a community with women like these two who were a few years ahead of me in mothering and who were so kind, compassionate, wise, and hilarious. And you're going to get a taste of that today from them. Allison and Tiffany now have their own podcast for women, which they'll be telling us more about. And they are both incredible mothers of young adults and teenagers, which is why I wanted them to kick off teen month for us and talk about the experience of of having kids that are a little bit older. Tiffany has five children ranging in age from 20 down to 10. And Allison has four children ranging in age from 21 to 11. So they are in the thick of life with teens and I'm so excited for them to share their wisdom with us. So Allison and Tiffany, welcome to 3 and 30. 
Thank you so much. Thank you. That's a tall order. We're wise and hilarious. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. We're wise, we're kind, we're hilarious, we're excellent parents. She knows us so well. She does, yeah. Well, and I was immediately right after, I'm like, you're going to get a taste of that today. I'm like, oh no, we better make some jokes in the episode. <laughs> I know, that's the thing, like, and I'm jumping ahead, but if people listen to our podcast, they'll get a lot more kind of lighthearted hilarity. Today's topic is a little heavy, but we'll try and keep it on the lighter side. Yeah, that was important to us as we talked about this we thought with so many teen topics they can get so heavy and and truthfully they are like you come up against some heavier tougher things when you have teenagers but it's also so much fun so we're going to weave some of that in definitely and I don't have teenagers yet but I did teach high school for many years before my kids were born and I love teenagers and I really wanted to bring on some moms who are there like I can give some wisdom on what I learned is a teacher, but you know what? We all know that is nothing compared to actually having the teenagers. It's like I had a pediatrician once who didn't have children, and I was like, "Oh no, I, I don't think I could take your advice." So they really get it. They're there. They know this topic, and they're going to talk to us today about the unexpected loneliness that comes when you're raising teens. And when Allison proposed this topic, it immediately—I loved the title, and I thought, "Yes," because I think. A lot of us probably don't expect what we feel as we enter different phases of parenting and maybe sometimes can't even label it. It's like, what is this that I feel? And and lonely, I think, is probably a good word to describe once you get into those teen years. So um, let's just start off with Allison and Tiffany. If you could tell us, why is it a lonely and different stage of motherhood than when you have littles? Oh, aye, aye, aye. I think the first thing to say is that the things that are hard with young kids are the things that are easy with older kids and the things that are easy and fun with the little kids are the things that are hard with the older kids. And you don't really mm. anticipate that until you're suddenly there and you realize. So it's, there's never like a comparison of this stage is harder. This stage is harder. It's just, you know, it's all, it's all hard. It's just a different heart and you have to adjust. And the loneliness was a surprise for me. Was it a surprise for you, Tiffany? Yes, it was because I think when your children are younger there's a lot more, you feel like you have more of a network because you're talking really openly about, you know, potty training and the, you know, weaning a baby or schoolyard fights, starting and school and all those things. It's just so easy to have those conversations. And then when you get, as your children get a little bit older, it just becomes so isolating because a lot of those things you no longer are discussing. And so you're suddenly like, I don't know what to make of this. I don't know what to do here or with this because it doesn't feel as easy and simple to just have that general conversation that you've been having for years with younger children. Well, and I, and ironically mm. too, like when you're with those kids day in, day out, I mean, if you're a stay-at-home mom, which both Tiffany and I have primarily been stay-at-home moms and even the work that we've done with Power Moms and now the podcast, it all takes place at home, you know? So we've always been so connected with our kids. And then strangely enough, you do, I think, actually get to a phase where you're like, wow, like they're at school, they're at their extracurricular activities, they're with their friends, when they're home, they're in their room. Like there is even just this loneliness I have felt kind of as a mom, like, wow, like nobody's hanging out with me. And then you don't have the connection with, you know, your kids, friends, parents like you did before, because either they're mm. physically driving away themselves and doing their own thing, or you're just dropping them off. You know, you don't walk your 15 year old to the door and chat with 
their <laughs> parents. That just doesn't happen, you know? <laughs> so there's that aspect of it that kind of just gradually dawned on me and kind of surprised me like, oh, wow, like it is really quiet. And maybe I don't always like that. Tiffany likes it more than I do. I, I was going to say, I have to counter Allison just a bit because I really value the quiet a lot more. I would be content if my children didn't ever talk to me in the course yeah. of a day. I'm joking, you know, exaggerating. <laughs> Maybe. So a lot of people that may be listening that have younger children that are on them constantly and in their faces are, are probably thinking, oh my word, Allison, you are crazy. I dream of the day I can feel a little bit isolated and lonely. You know, and I have to say, we just had a yes. really kind of a funny back and forth online it wasn't an argument. It was a, we're, we were just kind of teasing each other because I've been a little bit in the emotional place of sending off my one and only son to college next year. He's my number two and just all the lasts and the graduation. Mm. And I've been so sentimental about it. And Tiffany's texting me and she's like, you have, you have 50% of your kids out of the house now. I still have four kids at home. I'm dying. When are they going to be gone? (laughs) (laughs) So it is, you know, very individual. I mean, all of this is very individual, but we hope a lot of what we talk about reaches some people. I would say another big thing with a sense of loneliness, if that's the right word for it, is like unmet expectations. Because when your kids are little, at least for me, I'll give the example of like my oldest was a girl. And so in my mind, she was, and people would always say how much she looked like me. In my mind, I thought she will just be a mini me. Like I just naturally assumed she was going to grow up and become this extroverted social butterfly involved in this and involved in that like I was and musical theater and blah, blah, blah. No, like polar, polar opposite. And that was really hard for me to accept Mm. for a long time. And I think you just, when your kids are little, you have all these expectations and hopes and dreams for them. And you just assume it's going to work out. If you just work hard enough, if you just do this, if you just implement this system, if you just, you know, you can mold them and control them and influence them. You think when they're little and then suddenly they become teenagers you're like oh wow they're like their own person and they're insisting on being their own person and I got to get okay with that and learn to just love them for who they are and not try to force them to be what I want them to be yeah with things like their interests or their personality um, those are things like they yeah. end up with a different personality than you thought they would have it's not like that's great you know that's or, not yeah that's nothing that's like painful Sometimes I think when they end up different than you thought they would be as far as choices that they're making or behaviors that they're engaging in or really hard stuff that can be really painful to be like, I really thought that if I, Mm -hmm. if I did everything Mm -hmm. quote right when they were little, then that they would make good choices and they'd have the same Mm -hmm. type of values that I wanted them to have when they were young. And that's just, that. that's not the case. Our children still get to choose and Definitely. they may choose differently and they may come up against some really tough things that we totally. can't talk about with other people. How do we combat this loneliness? Some of it, it sounds like is just part of the territory, but I also think that there's things that we can do and you have three takeaways for ways that we can sort of combat yes. the unexpected loneliness of parenting teens. I think the first one is for sure to find friends in real life, because unlike so much of the parenting world and parenting advice and parenting friends that come now with social media, you can't talk about some of this stuff in public. You've got to keep it private. You know, the heavier stuff. There's, Mm -hmm. I don't know, Mm -hmm. even the lighter stuff. I've kind of been bummed. Like my teens, they don't want me posting pictures of them going off to their 
youth camp or their dance. Well, they don't care about dances, but you know, there's certain things where I used to, I used to post everything. They don't want me to post even the trivial stuff. That's embarrassing to them. But then of course the bigger stuff and these bigger issues that you're dealing with Mm. um, that do require privacy and discretion and people you can trust that you can get good advice from, or at least just a listening ear and compassion and, You've got to find people in real life. My experience has been when I'm trying to figure out if this is going to be that person that I can develop that kind of relationship with, I'm naturally, and I think Tiffany is too, we're both, we kind of put things out there and we're both pretty open, vulnerable, honest, authentic kind of people. You know, like I don't, I don't have a lot of secrets. I like being kind of open with the stuff I'm struggling with because I find that when I share naturally with other people what I'm struggling with, all of a sudden, it's just like you see in their face. They're like so relieved. Oh, she's going to be real with me and I can be real with her. So I don't know how else to do that other mm-hmm. than to little by little just start sharing your heart with people and seeing how they receive it, see how they treat it. And if they share with you and then you kind of go from there, you know, to maybe bigger things until you eventually get a circle of people you mm-hmm. feel like you can trust and I think T- Tiffany and I we've both we are that for each other and then but we don't live in the same town we're like an hour away from each other you know but we've both got people like that closer to us as well I don't know what do you think Tiffany oh I totally agree and it's oftentimes those friends that you can trust with your private issues that really are your saving grace during some of these struggles I, I know and I'll get into it a little bit in a later takeaway but I had a serious issue last year that we faced with one of my teenagers. And if it wasn't for some of those real life friendships, I, I don't know how I would have gotten through it. You know, they were a support and continually checking in on me, checking in on my family and really genuinely caring. Mm. And one thing that I, you, we talked a little bit about before we came on the air that I loved that you pointed out was that you, you two have this really close, close friendship, but because you live in different towns, because your kids don't spend a ton of time together, in some ways it's a safe place to share because you know each other so well, you love each other so well, but there is a little distance um, so that your kid's personal right. stuff isn't mixed in with your, their, yeah. her kid's personal stuff and in, within the community and the neighborhood and stuff. I thought that was so interesting. I just hadn't thought of, I'd always thought, you know, yeah. you want people right there, which I'm sure that's really true. That's important too. But even a, a friend across the country that you were yeah. really close with in college, like maybe she's someone you could talk to about some of this heavier stuff. And, and I think, and I haven't experienced this, but when we had this discussion online, uh, this this topic, there were people, more than one person said something about um, this need to keep things private and personal because there have been mothers in their community when they found certain things out that their child was struggling with that kind of turned it into a way to then isolate their child and keep their child away from them or spread rumors. And that is just so unfortunate. I'm so glad I have not experienced that, but mm-hmm. that's a, that's a risk. So in that case, like we're talking about, yeah, having a family member or close friend that maybe knew your child from the very beginning when they were little and really loved them. And really knows the best of them, you know, and be- believes in that. So even if they're going through yes. something hard, you can tell them and they're not going to freak out yes. and think your kid's you know, yes. evil. They they know they know and love your child, and they're gonna root and for them. And I don't know, Tiffany. What do you think about this? Like, I really do feel like the 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 further yeah. women get into motherhood, and the more teenagers that they have, actually, the more compassionate and less judgmental they become. 
Oh, amen. Without a doubt. (laughs) Because you realize that you don't know what you're doing. And even though I think we figured that out pretty early on in mothering, even with two-year-olds and three-year-olds and four-year-olds, it's still, you have so much more control over them as far as if they're misbehaving, you can go put them in a timeout. Or if they're Mm -hmm. having a really sad day, you can sometimes fix it with a Band-Aid or a sucker. And, And so you feel a little bit more able to fix it. And so as you get older, maybe it's not so much, you know, you know what you're doing versus not knowing what you're doing, but you can't fix some of those problems. And so you just extend that compassion and mercy to others Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as well as you're wanting them to give it to you. So I think it just comes very naturally. So why don't we do this more Mm -hmm. with our spouses? Because that would be the other thing I would lump into this first takeaway is finding friends in real life and also um, relying on if you've got a spouse, I mean, my heart goes out to those single moms out there struggling with tough stuff on their own, you know, hopefully they have a good family and friend support system, but you know, it can, you I think we need to stay close to our spouse too, because, because when there are troubles with your kids, small to large, that can really put a wedge between you and your spouse when you need to be united and battling that fight together. So how do you, how do you do that? Well, yeah. I think it's important. Of course, communication is is key to constantly be talking about it. But I, I think there also has to come a level of patience with each other, that we each come from a different set of experiences and opinions. And even our relationships with the children or a specific child are a little bit different. And we have to be patient with where the other person's at. So for example, my son, when we had a tough time for several years with him, my husband was on a different page than I was. And he was saying, Oh, Tiffany, I think you just need to discipline him more. And I was saying, Oh, Mike, you just need to love him more. And we were just, Mm. that was a great, our greatest source of conflict was raising this particular child. And it really became apparent to us that we have got to communicate about this and we have got to be patient with each other and love each other because eventually the child's going to grow up and leave home, right? So you want to right. still have that relationship and preserve that at all costs with your spouse. And Trying us. that's tough to do mm-hmm. when our children yeah. are, you know, sometimes putting a wedge in between it. So relying on your friends and that are around you in real life, not to social media mm-hmm. and your spouse, yeah. who ultimately I ho- we're all hope is your closest friend, you know, which can't isn't always easy, but is the hope. And then what's your next takeaway? So our next one is seeking out those resources that are available to us. And, you know, when we're young moms, it's so easy to, you know, find the resources available in articles or social media or friends. And as we, our children age, some of those resources are harder to find, but they are out there and they may be in the form of articles. It may be in the form of books, but one of mine, and Allison may give me a hard time for this because I'm pro, pro, pro this, is professional help. Is really <laughs> I did not give you a hard time for it. It's more of a hard time on me. I want and need a therapist. If there's any therapists listening that are near me, <laughs> sign me up. I guess what I'm saying is I, need a I therapist. clarified that, that this is the one maybe I'm pointing out Please. to Allison because yes, Allison does need a therapist. So uh, if you are out there and want her as your client, please contact me. It will make my life easier. <laughs> but in all seriousness, in all seriousness, there are times with our teenagers that we really do need to seek out that professional help. All joking aside, it's a serious matter. In fact, I will share a 
just last year, in fact, it was a year ago today, I was recording actually, we made the difficult decision and sent our son who was 16 at the time to a residential treatment facility. And mm-hmm. I have to clarify, I have permission to share this. He's open with me, you know, being vocal about this. So that's okay. But um, he was, we put him in there for oppositional defiance disorder and it mm-hmm. was a tough tough decision. And it had been ongoing for a few years. Like I alluded to previously, my husband, Mike was ready to do it about three or four years ago. He's like, Tiffany, we've got to get help for him. And I was like, no, 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 no. We, we, you know, we can figure this out. And, and it just came to that point where we realized this is out of our court. Even the best Mm -hmm. of articles or the best of books is not going to help us right now. We needed really kind of the big guns professional 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 and not even just professional you know once a week therapy it needed to be residential that he lived there 24 7 for you know three plus months so you know that's really is an important one and it doesn't always have to be to that extreme maybe it is just going to some therapy weekly therapy or some counseling or whatever but we can't We can't let our pride get in the way or even allowing money reasons to get in the way. I know that's a lot of the excuse I hear from Mm. people is like, oh, it's just so expensive. But, you know, some of these children have mental illness or personality disorders or something that you can't put a price on. You know, if they were diagnosed with diabetes or cancer, you would never say, oh, can't afford the treatment. That's such a good point. So, Mm. you know, seeking seeking out those available resources that are quite often professional resources just, you know, needs to be an option. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I know that's going to help a lot of moms maybe just consider another option. Like sometimes we don't even, we don't even allow ourselves to consider what we might think is a more dramatic solution when really, like you said, you can't put a price on that. If it's going to heal your child or your family, it's worth every penny. It's worth maybe people in the neighborhood finding out and wondering about it, you know, whatever it might be to help your family heal. Yes. And I will say, you know, I I guess I can't give enough praise to professional help because it's not cheap. And we spent a lot, a lot, a lot of money on it, but it changed our family's life. And we, Mm. my son, here we are a year later, and I would do all that heartache over again to get to where we are now. What a tough decision and how much bravery to do something like that. It's just so much easier to think, oh, they'll grow out of it or let it be somebody else's problem when they move out or, you know. Yeah, and that's Mm -hmm. where, you know, our first takeaway of finding those people in real life you can trust is I couldn't have done that without, you know, like I remember the day after laying in bed, I couldn't get out of bed that next morning. And I remember texting some friends, just a very small group of people, Allison being one of them and just saying, this is what we did last night. You know, and, and Mm -hmm. having Allison was really great throughout the summer when she knew I was going to these appointments and she would say, how's it going? Or how's it do? How's he doing? And, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs and, you know, professional help is not, we don't need to be shamed, you know, feel ashamed Mm -hmm. of it. It's, you know, a great resource available. And that's, I am so pro counseling and I've talked about it often on this podcast and people email me and ask how do you even find a good therapist? And that's something that I'll do. I'll probably do a whole episode on at some point. But I do think just sometimes asking those people in your circle that you and saying, does anybody know of a good therapist? Does anybody, and that, that takes courage to just open your mouth, talk to your religious leader 
or your child's doctor and just start asking around for some resources for professional help for your kids or for yourself. Yes. In fact, I'll just say just on a Sunday night, a couple of nights ago, I had a, a lady uh, that I'm friends with who called me and asked really some specific questions about this because her grandson is needing some help. And, you know, mm. so she just kind of knew and whether or not she takes their, her daughter and grandson take the same path, you know, just finding people that can help you out. Those resources are there, whether it's just a mm -hmm. referral from a friend, you know, just seek out whatever resources you have to help yes. you make informed good decisions. I need a therapist, you guys. <laughs> I gotta get a therapist. Yes, Everybody needs yes. one, don't yes. they? I love yes, my therapist. They do. Well, do you want to tell them where you live, Allison, or is that? <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm Highland, Utah. Help. Send help now. <laughs> <laughs> okay well we're laughing let's go to our point three so we don't end this on too heavy of a note what was our third one we wanted to end on fun Tiffany. enjoy the good well i would say for me it's more of a counterpoint to they're away from you more and you feel kind of lonely it's that when they are with you it's so stinking fun and you mm. are and you are seeing the fruits of your labors of at least for me even though my kids they are who they are they haven't None of them are like turning out to be exactly as I imagined they would be. They're turning out to be who they were meant to be. And that's great, but that is an adjustment. But I would say more than that, it's just fun for me to feel the fruit of my labor in terms of just developing a relationship with them. So whatever mm. that relationship is, it's just awesome that we have a relationship. And you know? seeing them yeah. come into their personalities, you know, yes. really yes. their senses, their sense of humor, their likes, their dislikes, their their opinions it's really quite enjoyable for us just this past it's just been a week and a half ago we got home from a once in a lifetime family trip to japan my husband and i met in japan 25 years ago this summer and we have raised mm -hmm. our kids on sushi and curry and hayao miyazaki films and they have all grown and and that's i would say for me even though all the kids have very different personalities and you know it's not like they're all best friends or whatever but we do have these very distinct family culture things that we all love together one of them is japanese culture and being able mm. to go with those four kids, all old enough to love and appreciate and keep up a high pace of sightseeing and have that experience together, that was so awesome. Oh, yeah. That mm. was so awesome. And I would say the other big thing for us, again, even with differing interests and personalities, is that we have developed a love of nature in our kids. And the other big thing that we really enjoy together, and I know this sounds so weird, to a lot of people they just can't even fathom it but we love to go backpacking we go out in nature and we, yeah we're digging the hole to poop in we're getting water out of the river to filter <laughs> and that sounds so miserable to other people but when our family gets out in nature like miles and miles out into the middle of nowhere away from everything else that is like my absolute favorite bonding time and we couldn't do that until the youngest was eight you know and now we've mm. enjoyed that several times and that's become this big time bonding experience for our family so yeah you know it's funny because when they were all little and we'd go on family hikes or we would watch a Hayao Miyazaki film it was just kind of a little fun thing that we were doing but now here we are 21 years later and it's like it's that's a serious bonding family unity cool thing yeah. that we all enjoy together mm -hmm. you know and you and, can only yeah. see that and experience that with time yeah and you can't discount the little everyday things either you know no. like maybe it's things like my older kids that 
have cell phones, they're sending me funny memes or tagging me in social media mm, posts or, right. you know, even hearing, being able to ask advice, you know, of my children, like, does, which shoe should I wear? These ones or these ones, you know, like it's just those little things really are just kind of investments in those relationships. Oh yeah. We're always asking Megan for mm-hmm. like social media advice. Cause totally. we're like the worst Instagrammers <laughs> on the planet. And we're like, Megan, help us. Yeah. That's my oldest. She needs to become your social media marketer. Yeah, she kind of was briefly. <laughs> Although she probably would not want to do that. No, for, she, for her she wouldn't because we're terrible customers. <laughs> exactly. But I would be a great yeah. client with a therapist. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I love that we're ending on this positive note because there, there is loneliness that comes with parenting teens, but there's also so much joy. And I presume um, that even your relationship with them can make, can help ease that loneliness at times. Absolutely. Obviously you don't want that to be your whole life. You need to have friends outside of them, but they do become your friends more than just your children. Totally. And the time that you are with them is fun. Yes. It's enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Even when they're going through hard things, I know Tiffany that you said that even when your son was going through those hard things, you still had some really great moments with, you know, sitting around with all your kids laughing in the car and things like that. Like there is joy amidst the hard. It really, it really is. And that's why it's so difficult to just put generalizations, you know, when people are like, oh, teenagers, I can't, you know, believe you've got that many. And if we just can't overgeneralize things being negative, there's so much joy and fun that comes from having these mini adults in our house. Yeah. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a full circle moment. Really. It's like I said at the beginning, like what is hard when they're little is easy and fun when they're older and what's easy and Mm -hmm. fun when they're little can be challenging when they're older, but it's just, that's parenting. Parenting is just a mixed bag and all the, all we're just here to learn. I think, to, to love them, to help them become who they're meant to be, and to learn to let go, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I love that. And can you ladies recap the three takeaways for how to combat the unexpected loneliness of parenting teens? So our three takeaways would be, number one, find people in real life who you can trust, whether that's good friends or your spouse. Number two, seek out available resources and including seeking professional help if necessary. And number three, enjoying the good. Mm, I love that. And can you tell us a little bit more about your podcast? Yes. Our podcast is for women. It's called the Sisterhood Podcast. Our tagline, if it empowers, enlightens, or entertains women, we will be talking about it. (laughs) We're really kind of trying to hone in on the middle age woman segment. So if you're Mm. listening or you know someone who fits that bill, send them our way. (laughs) All right. Middle-aged women, go to Tiffany and Allison. And I'm quickly finding myself in that camp too. I'm like, I've always thought of myself as a young mom. And then one day you you wake up and you realize that you're not really a young (laughs) mom anymore. That is so true. (laughs) So true. Well, thank you both so much for coming on and for sharing these tips. And I'm sure everyone will go find you on your podcast. Thank you so much for having us, Rachel. Aren't those two hysterical together? See, I didn't overpromise in the intro. I knew they would be funny and wise in the interview. So thank you, Tiffany and Allison, so much for coming on. They also wanted me to add one more thought that we meant to talk about, but we ran out of time in the interview. This is diving a bit deeper into the second takeaway about searching for resources to help you in parenting teens. Tiffany and Allison told me that as your kids age, the resources that you're turning to need to change and grow up with you and your kids. 
So the same blogs or books or podcasts, they're not going to apply to your phase of life anymore, but there are resources and helps out there for you. Sometimes you just have to search a little harder or be a little bit more specific in what you're searching for. So many parents just give up on all parenting advice and kind of hang on for dear life during the teen years, but it doesn't have to be that way. Tiffany and Allison really wanted me to emphasize that we can continue learning and adding tools to our parenting know-how, even as our kids age. It's never too late to learn. We can do this with the help of other smart people, both in our real life and those experts that we turn to. I hope that Teen Month on 3 and 30 in July will be part of this, that it will be a super helpful resource for you. Please spread the word to moms of teens in your life. And don't forget to check out this month's sponsor, Stitch Fix. It's truly my favorite, and I think you will love it too. For those of you in the United States, happy 4th of July week. And for everyone listening, I'm rooting for you. And I hope you have a great week with your family. Mathis, the host of the Cool Mom Code podcast, where motherhood is your key card to the coolest spot in town. I'm excited to give you a behind the scenes, real talk combo between some of the most influential and tastemaker mamas I know. Subscribe and stay tuned for new episodes weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you don't ever miss a beat. See you there.